Hello and welcome to another long-awaited, at least for two of us, edition of the hopelessly miscast, usually serviceable podcast. I think I did that backwards, but yep, okay. you did. here at GCT. You have to redo the title page now. Yeah, I'll figure I'll figure it out or the, the listener. I say listener, singular can. Hey, the thing is, like some of our videos are now like up to 50, 50 views. Wow. Yes. There's someone I know out it's there not my our mothers jonesing for content apparently. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that uh, you know COVID left and came back again, <laughs> like a you know it's like herpes never really is going to go away. We just have to control the flare-ups as best we can. Um, that's right. I said it. Um, so, yes, we are back. This is kind of a you know post-holiday edition. Brian and I are just Who's us that? today. Um, here at the GCT offices, the home base. And uh, I thought it'd be good to kind of, uh, I'll give our executive director a chance to kind of do what he does in board meetings and things like that. What's been going on up here at GCT the last few weeks, months, Brian? Well, you know, we've actually had pretty much a season so far. Um, Since uh, late July. Uh, a lot of sellouts, which is tons good. of sellouts. Some Every, of them are COVID sellouts, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, clue. You know, we we tried to keep a seat between parties, so we we're only selling seventy to, um, you know, seventy five seats per show. But we sold every single seat to Clue. Had to add a show, sold that show too, and then uh, we sold every seat to Elf before Elf ever even opened. So um, we've not had a ticket available since the first weekend of motherhood because the last two weekends of motherhood sold out as well. So, yep. um, yeah, it's, it's been an exciting, exciting time. We've had two concerts this year. Those both sold out, uh, the hunger for content. Yeah. So, uh, it's been, uh, been lovely, uh, so far. Uh, we'll see how Omicron treats us in the new year. Um, I imagine we'll be getting a new health notification here in the next couple of days, as far as what January is going to look like Shelby County wise, I imagine mass mandates will be storming back. Yep, uh, unfortunately, we'll just have to see where we're at as far as capacity restrictions, because the numbers are bad enough. Now um, we might have capacity issues in the new year. Unfortunately. So. And since this is a highly transmissible version of it, even for those who are vaccinated and boosted, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that's going to uh, be know, a was, challenge. I was looking at some some stories out of uh, Florida, and uh, while they are mainly still Delta variant, not Omicron, um, those that are boosted tend to be about four percent of cases. Um, those that have two shots are about twenty uh, percent of cases. So again, most people that are coming still, again, it's, it's beating a dead horse. But most of the people that are getting sick are those that have chosen not to get vaccinated. So yep. And we, you know, we, we, we are not a political podcast. We hold no political views and we do not publicly throw out political views from here at the theater. Um, so any opinions that are thrown out here politically, they're from our patrons, which is fine. They have the right to voice their opinion. But so basically saying all that to say, we're not trying to make any political statements, but it's to me, it's a health statement to say, you should get vaccinated and boosted if you haven't already. Yeah, um, no, I don't, I don't think it's politics. I mean, there have been plenty of people that have just decided they're willing to live with the risk uh, of 
getting it. And, you know, that is ultimately their decision. Um, it does affect the rest of us, however, and, you know, with masking and capacity. So it's just, you know, yep. people make their decisions and uh, we can wish people to make decisions we want and they uh, will still make decisions they want to. And, hey, you know, it's a free country, I guess. And you and I are sticking to our philosophy of we try to fight it with shots and with shots. Yep. So shots, uh, shots, the shots, steady shots, diet shots. of vaccines, boosters, and some alcohol thrown in there. Yes, some fine, right now. Fine whiskey. Yes. Yeah. That's, we felt like that's doing a good enough job. That's right. So, and, uh, you know, not to go into all the gory detail, but we, assuming that we don't have some catastrophic loss of uh, being able to keep the theater, you know, the doors open for content and shows, which we certainly hope is not going to be the case. I don't think everybody hopes that no matter what, where you lean. Um, but we have some great shows also coming up. Um, we'll have a show coming up. Let's see. I never get the name right of our next show. Complete History of America Abridged. Yes. So that's a very funny show, small cast, but it's a very funny show. Uh-huh. Um, and then past that, we'll have a show that uh, is a, definitely a passion project for you, Brian. So. Yes, yes, uh, Bright Star, which is something that's been uh, in the hopper for just about everything. It feels, feels like, like a decade. Uh, yeah, for about two years. Um, yeah, so that's going to be exciting. Um, then we have Outside Mullingar, which is also exciting. Great cast there. Yep. And then 100 Days, another great cast, another great show. I believe four regional premieres to, to round out the year. So, uh, but yet, Regional premiere doesn't mean like no one's done it because the show's not good. It's just we found some very fun shows that we think all of you will enjoy. And the casts of every show left this season are all just outstanding. So, except the mayor in Bright Star. He's yeah, there's, there's some weak link in there. I mean, it's, we and, have to say that. So. To, to uh, explain, the, Paul is the mayor in Bright Star. Yeah. So. And, you know, not a lot of acting involved. I get to be the bad guy. So, or at least the people who are, you're supposed to not like. Typecasting. Yeah, Typecasting. exactly. That's all it is. Yeah. L- luckily, we have the you know lovely Eileen uh, music directing on that show. Yeah, yeah. She'll be uh, not only music directing uh, Bright Star, she's also uh, taking the head chair for, for 100 Days. For 100 Days, yep. yeah. First exactly. time in the head chair, I believe. And also another first time director, uh, which is, is still baffling to me that she's never been in the main chair before. But uh, Elizabeth Perkins is directing Complete History of America. So yeah, I've heard from the cast. She's doing an outstanding job. I'll be able to watch that show pretty soon. So um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that show and seeing what it looks like. I know the props are, as I've been ordering them, are quite hilarious. So, uh, and what day does that show open? That show opens January 14th of 2022. Be our first show of the new year. So, and for anyone to, since you brought up Liz's name, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he said it's her first turn in the director's chair. Liz is, uh, she's been in theater, local theater, for quite some time, and is, I would say, she's, I'll, this may sound overly dramatic, especially to her, but she's regarded as legendary status among stage management. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, staff. I mean, like the one that if you get her, you have the director's job is a lot easier. You, yeah, there's like massively easier. Yeah, it's there's one while, while there's lots of 
amazing stage managers. Uh, Maria, who's the stage manager of Bright Star, is just as capable. But as far as reputation wise, there's three in town that are that people think of. It would be Liz, Chelsea Robinson, and uh, JJ Townsend. So yep. tend to be those. But I mean, there's again, there's lots of very wonderful stage managers. But uh, yeah, we're we're very excited that Elizabeth is going to head up a show. Yeah. And, uh, Make the debut of that of showing her directorial talents here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's something we definitely try to do. It's every year is to find a director that's not had a, an opportunity to direct yet and put them in that chair. And uh, when we were considering the season, I think Elizabeth was kind of a no brainer choice for us to uh, to to try to reach out and get in a director's chair for the first time. So, so yes, we're very lucky to have her. So. Uh, Speaking of uh, luck and all that, let's move on to our another feature. Um, so, you know, we, because it's still been a very choppy two years going on here, and part of the springboard of doing the podcast was actually not, you know, we had noticed that there were podcasts was becoming, you know, more and more of a medium, but also because we had a lot of time on our hands when COVID started to really kick in. Um, to sort of figure out, okay, what is it we're going to do around here to keep ourselves occupied when we weren't doing projects that needed to be handled, uh, applying for grant monies and things like that. And so podcasting was a fun idea for us. Well, yeah, Uh, there's, you know, people that couldn't go to the theater anymore too, if they want to hear just people talk about it poorly, Uh, you know. Exactly. uh, And And say, wow, that's a boring topic. I'm going to fast forward through that. These guys are terrible. That's, that's why they uh, don't have many podcasts. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we feel like we, as Brian said, we're up to 50, 50 views on some of our old ones. I mean, that's, you know, we know that's not a lot compared to real podcasters, but this is just our little, our little pet project that we have fun right. with. So, but one of the things we always try to do is mix in at least some theater discussion because we, we gradually, it falls into let's rant about something Let's talk horror movies in October, something like that, because we think it's funny. Yeah. So we hope you, at least, you know, five of the 50 of you do too. So, uh, and Brian had a delivery. delivery That's right. Speaking. You never know what's going to happen live on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. So we'll. This is actually a gift for our friend Robin, who's been on the pod. So. Yes. Yes. Definitely a friend of the podcast. Did you know Robin collects nutcrackers of all things? And is that what that is? That is. Nice. uh, It's the child. Oh, amazing. Yeah, my my younger son, Roland, who Brian knows well, uh, got a Lego set of the child, Mm. which was about 1,100 pieces. And we said, here, here you go. And within a day and a half, he comes down and says, I'm done. Mm. Like, done with what? I'm done with the whole child. You want to see it? Sure. So, because one of the things that I always like to do or that I like to do sometimes in free time is uh, do like actual puzzles. Yeah. I love puzzles too. He's, no he's not to into them. those. <clears throat> I tried getting him into them. Carson, my older son actually does them, but Roland did not. So then when he started doing Legos, I said, this is puzzles for you. He's like, this is not puzzles. It's Legos. Yeah, It's a puzzle, a puzzle, but yeah. it just comes with instructions. Yeah. So, but that's okay. It's like, that's good. It's your way of exercising your mind. Yeah. I was, uh, my, Jude was into Legos for like 
three months. That was a fun time for me, but and then, then it, it fell, fell off quickly. Was, yeah. Then it was back to food. Food and Fortnite. Yeah. Two Fs. Well, it's, you know, Two Fs in his life. There could be worse Fs that he's into. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so could resist that one. Family. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't resist that one. <laughs> but uh, so uh, it's for a theater feature, I'll say. So one thing, and you know, Brian, I mean, you've not only been in a number of productions, I've been in some productions, but you've been in a lot more than I have. But you've also directed productions, mm-hmm. you know, plays and musicals, and been, you know, done it for a lot, a number of years. So one of the things that always intrigues me is to find the, uh, especially when you can talk to someone who's been in the director's chair, had to do casting decisions, things like that. And because I would imagine a lot, most of the time, not every part is the toughest to cast for. Sometimes it's just a natural fit, but other times it's, wow. You've got a lot of talent and only have one part for the, all this talent mm-hmm. or something. Somebody comes in and it's like, well, you know, that's not the audition I would have thought I'm going to get out of that person or something like that. <clears throat> Even if it's someone, you know, but one of the topics that uh, always makes me sort of chuckle is uh, what would, when you're thinking about, you know, okay, so say it's a musical theater show that you're auditioning or you're, you're the director for and you're participating in the music portion of the auditions. So lots of people come in and they can nail a song because they get to choose typically or it's a song from the show yeah. that they've been told do this song. Mm-hmm. So, but we, we know there's also sometimes that people come in and do songs that, yeah, you probably shouldn't have chosen that song. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, it's a bad vocal fit. Sometimes it's, that's not really the mood we're going for. And sometimes as uh, a very well respected and I won't say the name, but very accomplished uh, music teacher here in town who has given my son voice lessons uh, for a couple of years or did, and has been a family friend. She has told me before well, sometimes realize that even if you nail the song that you have and it's the right song for you and the part, sometimes the director's looking, they go to the buffet line and they have in mind, I want fried chicken. And they're looking for fried chicken only. Yeah. And sure. some directors go in and say, I'm looking at the whole buffet and I want to see what's there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so sometimes realize you may have been the most talented and had the best song, but you didn't get picked because that's not what the director was looking for. But I think there's also universal times. And even when I've sat in auditions and it's really sort of a train wreck moment. It's uh, when someone gets up and it's not that they're singing the song so badly, but the song is just not, you can feel, you can read the room as someone would say and say, no, that's no, not that song. Mm -hmm. So what in your mind, what recollections could you have without naming names? Of course, I don't want to shame. Oh, sure. Yeah. What are some of the worst audition songs you've ever seen performed? It, it, whether you've been an actor or a, you know an, a fellow auditionee or the yeah. director, you're smiling. You already have some in your mind that are popping up. I can tell. I I have two in my mind. Okay. What um, what are those experiences? So <clears throat> so one was actually I was auditioning for a show. I believe it was here uh, in another actor in town. And who I love to death, but t- traditionally I don't 
know that I've seen this person in a musical before. So someone that doesn't typically audition for musicals. Right. Um, pulled out. I say that unironically, actually. <laughs> yeah, pulled out. Huh? He pulled okay. out Monty Python's The Penis Song, uh, if you're familiar with well, that one. I know I am. <laughs> yes. So, Among our 50, 50 listeners, yeah, hopefully so, some of you um, are. Yeah, that. You know, it didn't have accompaniment. He just sang it acapella. <laughs> Even better. I mean, it was highly entertaining for me as an auditionee. But uh, yeah, that was that was unexpected. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just probably wasn't the best audition song for that uh, show. But. So uh, how long were you able to keep it together? Or did you just... Oh, no, I, I, I would never... I, it's it's one of those things where like you got to bury your head in your lap and that, like yeah not that's what I anyone because I'm not like there's episodes of The Office that like I can't watch because it makes me so uncomfortable. So Scott Stotts, Scott Stotts is yes maybe the worst viewing experience, <laughs> the universal winner. Oh. Uh, but uh, no, um, that that was one. The other time it it wasn't theater per se, but I was in college auditioning for. Uh, choir group and uh one of the and i don't know who this dude was uh, you know, but he pulled out um uh phantom of the opera's music of the night tradition okay. and um a well-trodden he, road yes he sang it not well <sighs> because he unshockingly didn't have the range because not many people have michael crawford's range and then proceeded to forget words oh, in the middle no. of it. And to, to help him out, I started giving him the lyrics in the middle of the song. Cause now that at the time in 1997, that was something I listened to in the car, like on repeat. So uh, those would be definitely my two worst oof, moments of, uh, um, of musical uh, auditions. So yeah, it's. I mean, uh, those and those are definitely right up there. Um, <clears throat> your music of the night story. Uh, I, I will preface it by saying, I know that I am not in Michael Crawford's ballpark at all. I have some Again, music like of the night. The top one percent of one percent. That's yeah. Michael Crawford. Yeah, I have sung that in a at a what was a Germantown chorus event and sang it as a solo. Um, Felt like I did a good job with it for that setting. Um, but I can, so I can definitely relate to, it's not, <clears throat> it, it's not a song that it's never, I'll say this. It's never a song, even before I did musical theater that I would go in an audition with. Mm -hmm. There's just too many points of failure that are possible. And I, I will say that it's because there's also different versions of lyrics of that song out there um, because Crawford was known to, uh, take not liberties I'll say but sometimes he would sort of tweak the lyrics a bit uh, in consultation with Andrew Lloyd Webber um, and so there are different recordings you can find where the lyrics are different slightly by like two words but I know that I talked to someone after I sang what brought this whole story up is I sang that at a Germantown course event probably seven eight years ago mm -hmm. And someone came up to me and said, you did a great job. Someone I, I don't know, it was a charity, well, not a charity, a fundraiser event. <clears throat> they said, you did a great job. I'm like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. 
And they said, you know, I, I actually, I have to take issue with your lyrics though. You were, there's three words you sang differently. And I said, Oh, three whole words, huh? And I mean, I didn't bow up, but I was sort of like, you know, don't tell me I did a great job and then question me over three, three words in the song. What was it? A, and, and D. Um, but so he's, and then he started to explain, he said, you know, just because you go out and find different versions um, from when Crawford did it, now other actors are stepping into the role. Um, so when you listen to even the newer versions, there are slight variations oh, in the yeah. lyrics. So it, that also made me think, because then the first theater show I ever did was Christmas Story. The first year it happened at the Herald, Sawyerville. Yeah. And I was very excited because my son Carson was playing Ralphie and I was playing the old man. So um, I listened religiously to the Broadway recordings of especially the dad songs, Genius on Cleveland Street and a major award and got, got them memorized to a T got to the point when uh, our dear friend, Jason Eschholfen was the music director and he handed me, we went through the, uh, we were saying, okay, let's rehearse those songs the first time. And I said, Oh, I don't need, I don't need the book. So we went through the song and he said, okay, your lyrics are not right in a couple spots. And I said, okay, where? So I got the score and I said, yeah, the lyrics are different. And I explained to him and he started laughing and said, yeah, that happens a lot. He said with Broadway shows, you'll see where they just, for some reason they tweaked one line of it and he's like, you know, then so anyway, not a terribly interesting story, but yeah, I've definitely learned my lesson with some of these songs that Mm -hmm. you can get called out on one word being different because people love and revere some of these pieces of music. Um, But I also, I will say for me, never having been in a production capacity, always being an auditionee, so, I mean, I've obviously watched some other people <clears throat> sing songs and I know I've gone in there and bombed a couple myself, um, but I always feel like I chose a song that was appropriate for my range because I feel like it's kind of like your resume when you apply for a job. It's the only thing you have full control over. So I want it to be the best representation of me. Some people have gone in and I feel like don't really think about it that way. They just think about it in terms of, let me see if I can wow somebody or they didn't really think at all. I did go into an audition and it was the very next show, which was a show here. Um, my first show ever here at GCT. Um, and an auditionee got up and did uh, She Bang <laughs> as their song. I won't rehash it because if you don't know the song, just go to YouTube and look up She Bang. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to. So and I, yeah. I, I was in an audition uh, the very the show right after that too that was back at the Herald and <clears throat> was directed by um, someone who's been a a longtime theater teacher in high schools here in the area and one of the teenagers auditioning got up and did a song that was not Broadway or anything and he's he's sort of told everybody afterwards he said okay realize this kid's from my school he's never done theater. Just wanted you guys to all know that. That's why he didn't get up to do some traditional song. He got up and did a song by Walk the Moon. Um, so that was kind of, that wasn't like a laughing moment. It was just kind of like, okay, that's an interesting stylistic choice. Yeah. yeah. To get up and do that kind of song. So 
what kind of to kind of close this out but it's there's all kinds of websites you can find that say okay don't do this song in audition don't do that song usually it's because they say the song is not bad it's just overused sure so this website which i'll cite as uh, thesingerscorner.com and so it gave some tips about don't do songs like this, don't do songs like that. Um, so like an example was don't do the song, don't do a song you don't know the meaning behind the song. Yeah. Because then you can't really give yourself to the song. But some songs that it says top songs to avoid in an audition. And I'll read you a few of them. So it has three from Wicked. You can probably guess Fair. which three they are. Defying Gravity would definitely be That's one. one. Yeah. Popular's another. Yeah. And For Good is the third okay. one. Yeah. And then it has uh, two songs from Thoroughly Modern Millie. Really? Gimme Gimme and Not for the Life of Me. Okay, that's interesting. I then it know, says really every song from Les Mis. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, Never sing anything from Les Mis. And then Don't Do Maybe or Tomorrow from Annie. God, uh, please don't do Tomorrow from Annie. Yeah. Don't Do If I Loved You from Carousel. Yeah. Uh, somewhere Over the Rainbow. That's, that's, that's in my head. It's like surely Somewhere Over the Rainbow is on this list somewhere. Uh, it's a couple more. Um, don't Do Anthem from Chess. Okay, that's. I mean, okay, most people I don't think even remember the show Chess. No, Chess is not. Well, the only yeah. reason people even know that show exists still is because of One Night in Bangkok. Yeah, being a commercial radio hit in the eighties. Um, they say don't do all that jazz or Mr. Cellophane from Chicago. Yeah. Um, which Carson? I, I, I don't. I would disagree with that. I wouldn't. I mean, if you've got, I think Mr. Cellophane's a great audition piece for you know a male character actor carson uh, was actually encouraged by his voice teacher to use that song in an audition yeah and he got the part you can put a lot of uh acting and show your acting range in that song i agree uh, no I, I mean it's not perhaps the best uh showcase for you vocally but if you want to prove you can act in the song that's i would think that's a great choice yeah i was gonna say it's not the most uh technically demanding song mm-hmm. if yeah. you're doing it in true Chicago style. Yeah. yeah. At least all the versions I've seen. Uh, Don't Rain in My Parade. Okay. From Funny Girl. And uh, also, I'm the Greatest Star from Funny Girl. And there's, there's a bunch of others, but it has, like, basically also says any song from Newsies. Fair. Uh, yeah. I think there's a couple you could pluck out of there, but... The obvious general ones, like Santa Fe. Don't choose Disney musical songs. Yeah, I definitely like, agree with that. I would I would say anything from you know Beauty and the Beast you probably shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, anything from Phantom you probably shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, because to me, all the ones that would showcase you in Phantom that are not well, they're not as well trodden would be songs that are not solos anyway. They're yeah. duets mm-hmm. or something like, you know, Point of No Return. Yeah. He's very I, let me admit, uh, I, in my, you know, 10 years ago, I did use Point of No Return for an audition piece. So really? I am guilty of that. Well, so. I, I think that's a good song. It's just, oh, I love there's that not, song. you know, there's, you couldn't sit and do like half the song. Yeah. Well, it's, it, you, well, I found 16 bars and. Oh, I you can I find that. But I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the role, so perhaps <laughs> I should have. I, I'm saying this from experience. You're not endorsing that song. Phantom. So. Gotcha. 
A uh, couple others, memory from cats. I think no. If that's yeah. not so obvious, you shouldn't do anything from cats ever. Cats yeah. should not be done as a show. But you know, that's, uh, that's yeah, a personal. These opinion. last two were obvious to me too. But it's this is the moment from Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, and Corner of the Sky from Pippin. Okay. Yeah. See, somebody yeah. else on another website I saw said, "Don't do Extraordinary from Pippin," mm. uh, which Carson actually got did that one when he was younger at an audition and got that part. And the director said it was the song choice that helped get him the part. I would avoid anything from Sound of Music as well. Nah, nah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I definitely agree with the Lay Miz point. Yeah, don't do any Lay Miz songs. <laughs> the key when picking an audition piece is to look at the show you're auditioning for and pick something stylistically similar to it. Uh, for instance, the last show we had auditions for for Bright Star, it was a little tricky because there's not a lot of quote unquote bluegrass musicals. So yeah, uh, you know, we'd encourage a lot of people, it's okay to sing from the show. So as long as your director and I would think most audition notices would say either A sing from the show or you're allowed to sing from the show or don't sing from the show. I as a director can't imagine giving the instructions don't sing something from the show, but I have seen that before. Um I'm I, you know this that's the show we're doing so if you can prove to me you can sing something that certainly makes it a lot easier for me in my mind to make a decision so. right i mean i i have personally never tried out for a show that said don't sing something from the show but i've seen that usually i've seen it where it is you need to sing something from the show mm-hmm. especially if you're auditioning for a specific part or sing anything yeah so as it if I was directing, I would think I'd say, I want you to sing anything you want because I'd want to see what they, A, what they choose. Mm-hmm. And B, also, I wouldn't want it just because I'm a curmudgeon anyway. I would say I have much less chance of hearing the same song, you know, 10 to 50 times. Yeah. And my brain exploding after the third time. Yeah. So, yeah, that would, that would kind of drive me insane. But, yeah. I get that, but I also, if there's a difficult piece in the song, um, or difficult, if, if there is a, a number in a song that has, has a very difficult part, I want to hear it to make sure you can do it. Oh, sure. I think a lot of times if you <clears throat> let people just bring their own things in, which I think is great, I, you know, I'm not saying that's something you shouldn't do, but. If you sing a song well, long have, have sung it long enough, you can m- make it sound optimal because you've practiced with it. You know where to get the breath at to support all the notes correctly, blah, 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 blah. I think you can mask a lot of your um, weaknesses by only bringing in something that you are intimately familiar with. So, Very true. Um, I, I would, yeah. Well, I, I mean, beyond I'll, that, what point I was trying to make, but you know, well, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I agree at least. And it's the, um, I know you've seen this before too. I've seen, definitely seen examples where either I'm auditioning or I've seen other people who are auditioning and they may be doing whatever song they choose. And then at callbacks, they're required to sing that song. Mm-hmm. And they're told, you know, I've had a couple of shows where you're told whatever you're called back for, tomorrow you need to know that song um or a piece of that song not the whole thing but it's i mean like you know the last show i did three years ago 
that's what I was told is that because I had said I was auditioning for, you know, three different parts, but I preferred this one. And I was told by the director, okay, when you come back for callbacks tomorrow, I expect you to know, you know, the first couple verses of his solo. Mm-hmm. So that's what I went and had, you know, doing. So, and then just, yeah, that, that was, that was another funny callback audition, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, and now it's time for everyone's favorite feature, Uh-oh. a reduced version of it. Or, Uh-oh. And I'm, I'm running out of uh, some of the content here, so I'm going to have to figure out another tweak to this, but this is take your shot fun boy. Uh-oh. So this is two oh, band it's... names and one improv troupe, oh, or one drama myself, troupe. Huh? Yeah. I, I'm going to let you see, will you go one and oh against yourself? Well, I'm going to win and I'm going to lose. Because Christina's career record is definitely on the winning side of the ledger. It is, but I, I will say I, I won last time. You did smoke her the last time, and she right. was not thrilled about it. She was not. Because then she knew dad jokes were waiting. That's right. Oh, were they ever. So normally we do 10. I'm going to scale it back to five today. Yeah. Mainly because I didn't have the time or the energy to put into finding <laughs> 10. So because yeah. finding the new improv troupe names. And actually not repeating band names is a challenge sometimes. Uh, to be fair, I'm pretty sure I've forgotten most ones from a year ago. So Yeah, I, I probably could have, you know, you to, bro- to use the penis that, analogy, I could have whipped out some, you know, right. an old one. You could have pulled one from like the first time we did it and I would have had no idea. Yeah, so. you'd never known I pulled out. So. <laughs> <laughs> or what I pulled out. Oh, wait, hang on. <clears throat> so two of these will be band names meaning music bands and one is a drama group improv troupe that sort of thing so brian's job is to pick which one of these is an improv troupe and i think two or three of these are gimmies but that's okay he's gonna win anyway okay so first ones are these my pants unleash the llama her majesty the baby are your three choices i'm picking the band you're picking the improv troupe well the improv or drama troupe We'll say that. The one with the pants. So you're saying, are those my pants? Yes. That is incorrect. Ah, is unleash on. the llama. Ah. So you're 0 for 1. I have a feeling you're still going to win. Okay. So just keep shooting. Okay. That's if what I great get all of them do. wrong, do I still win? I'll make up a sixth one just so you can win. Because <laughs> Christina would not accept that as a win. Okay. So, Or I'll give you a draw. How's that? It'd okay. be UFC. you got a draw. Draw. Drew against myself. So here's one you'll, as usual, there's some some fun ones in here. Mm-hmm. So number two, moist fist, mm. fat welfare moms on dust, blazing grannies. Fat welfare moms on dust. That is incorrect. Blazing grannies is the correct response. Uh, okay. So over two. Yeah, but I think this is where you're about to start scoring. Okay, especially if you pull out. Um, <laughs> Dairy Queen Empire, the Slutty Nuns, Tortoise in a Nutshell, Slutty Nuns. That is incorrect. <sighs> it's Tortoise in a Nutshell. <laughs> Man. That one seemed too obvious, though. I was like, that's surely got to be a joke, right? Yeah, and like I said, a couple of these are like trick question ones. So yeah, clearly. Uh, might have to review these with Christina and see if, uh, you yeah. know, and I'll call her Christine through the whole thing just to make her mad. Oh, yes. 
Christine. So here's, this is, this one is my favorite. I won't tell you which one type it is, but Vic vacuum and the attachments. <laughs> okay. Og and sprocket. 74 megs of Ryan. 74 megs of Ryan. That is incorrect. Cog and sprocket is the correct answer. You are over four. Oh my gosh. Uh, is this possible? Yeah, Should I call Christina is. right now? Get no, leave Christina out of this. Just to try to get a no, win. Leave her out of this. Okay. Come on. You got to get this. One. We will never speak of this to Christina. All right. Number five. Elsewhere and otherwise, Lance Armstrong and the one ballers, the young yeah. and the useless. Come on. I'm just hoping it's this. Um, Lance Armstrong and the one ballers. That is incorrect. Oh, no. It is elsewhere and otherwise. Oh, my gosh. So just, you just picked up a draw. I drew against myself. Yes. Well, I didn't want to beat myself. So, well, yeah. you pulled out in time. So that's good. <laughs> I'm glad it was only five. If you'd gone over 10, we really would have had a problem. Yeah. So we may I not mean, speak of it, this again. At some point, like statistic, statistically, me getting 10, 10 wrong would be like almost nigh impossible. Like I should go bet on the lottery or something. Yeah, I was expecting that you'd, you'd get one right in there and then you'd go on a roll. Like the rest of them you'd nail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But I, mean, I think if there were 10, you'd definitely even me missing because right. it's 33% to get right every time. Yeah. And missing it all five times is kind of surprising. I, what I should go do is play Russian roulette. I shouldn't do that. But still, <laughs> like if I had I played Russian roulette, I would still be alive. That's true. Because a three barrel gun. Yeah, we That's wouldn't have had barrel. a sixth choice. So, um, so, but that was fun. I enjoyed it. So now it's time for a new feature, and this is Brian. Uh, he's going to tell us something about Florida. That's right. Uh, hey, it's almost end of twenty twenty one. So let's talk about Florida because it's crazy down there. Florida is crazy. It is that shit crazy. It is absolutely fun. Um, some of the best Florida stories from 2021. Uh, Florida man, which of course is always a great way to start a story. <laughs> Florida man steals an entire stack of lottery tickets and returns in new clothes to steal the safe. June 15th, a thief tried a quick costume change after stealing as many lottery tickets as he could from a Fort Myers convenience store in June. The man was caught on camera taking as many tickets as he could from a machine. Then he returned in different clothing in an attempt to snag the cash register and safe, safe oh which turned out to be empty. Well, so, it says different clothes. It does not stipulate that he had different hair no. or shaved a beard or wore a hat the first time and no. not the second. I, I just, I mean, he could have switched into, since we just watched the fourth Matrix installment last yes. night, very he could have been wearing the orange Morpheus suit the first time and the blue one the second time. Yeah. But like clearly no idea who that is. Who's that guy? Yeah, but it's okay because they're they're both like 70s leisure suits and Brian's going to be wearing one of them at some point. Yes. We will not embezzle <laughs> theater funds to buy it either, <laughs> but we will buy it. You know, I think it's a great opening night uh, uh, suit for for 
a show at some point. Maybe uh, all the Bright shows. Star. Next year, maybe I can have that uh, alternate between that baby blue and that orange suit. Yes, we can get I mean, you the. I, uh, I love the look. It would look terrible on me, but you know. Well, that's okay. It's all right. It's fair enough. Uh, man steals gator from Florida golf course and tosses it around to teach it a lesson. Oh, no. A man was accused of stealing an alligator from an enclosure on the Congo River Golf in Daytona Beach Shores in July. Uh, this gentleman's name was William Hodge, who was 32. He Good looks job, about Bill. like you would expect. If I were to just in your mind, tell me what William Hodge looks like. He's definitely got a mullet. Yes. Uh, probably some bad peach fuzz mustache. Yes. Um, yeah, def- definitely, you know, a white guy. Yes. It's, I mean, you know. And one more thing. Uh, Super skinny and looks smacked down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got geeked out eyes. Yeah. He looks yeah. kind of wasted. Um, so William Hodge was seen walking along the road with the animal. Witnesses saw walking said, along the road with the animal. <laughs> witnesses said they saw him swing it by the tail and try to toss it on the roof of a building before beating and stomping on the alligator. Oh, Bill, no, yeah, Billy, come on. Because I mean, you know, he's not called William, he's Billy or Billy Bob, Billy Joe. Oh, he's definitely going, he's he's a Billy or he's a BJ or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he walks in the local alcoholic establishment and they know who he is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He doesn't need to introduce himself. Like, Billy out. Yeah. I man. mean, fine dining is at the Golden Corral for him. Oh, yeah. Where the, the slogan is, why did you come to this place of death? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, another story. Man sprays bear repellent inside Florida Bath and Body Works. Dozens, dozens injured. At least 35 people were injured at the Miami International Mall in July when a suspect sprayed a bear repellent inside a Bath and Body Works before stealing two bags of candles. Oh my God. <laughs> we stole the candles to boot. A victim says we were started coughing actually where we were, and it wasn't even that close. We were all the way across and we felt it. We could smell it, we could breathe it. Uh, a manager at the Bath and Body Works was among those injured in the attack. She was taken to the hospital in serious condition. Wow. This has to become a regular feature on the spot. Yes. I, I mean, to, you do that to steal candles. Yeah, I mean, candles. It's candles. I, I would at least say, you know, if he'd stole the hand soap, that's better than the candles. I mean, you get candles at the dollar store. Yeah. I mean, the hand soap is it's quality hand soap. Yeah, it's the foaming type. I mean, let's let's be honest. Bath and Body Works prices are a little bit excessive. But they are. If you gonna go hard, like with bear spray, why don't, don't you go candles. to the Apple Store and steal stuff? Yeah. I mean, why Bath and Body Works? Exactly. I mean, the Apple Store. Yeah. It, There's so many more. If you again, if you're gonna go the trouble of spraying bear repellent, yeah, go to a better store. Bath and Body Works. I mean. I'm surprised he didn't walk into Dunkin' Donuts and do it and thereby spray down all the donuts that he stole. Yeah, wouldn't everything he stole, wouldn't the candles now smell like bear spray? Yeah, I guess so. Like you burn it and it would like burn your nostrils. I mean, mean, yeah. Okay. That's a bad trip is what that is. That is a very bad trip. Uh, I think it is sending a message. Florida man fills pothole with banana tree. (laughs) 
Florida man, <laughs> tired of having to fill potholes on the street near his business, decided to switch things up by planting a banana tree in one. <sighs> Brian Raymond of oh, oh look, it's a Brian. How how amazing. A Fort Myers said he'd seen pothole swallow cars near his fitness business. When the county told him the responsibility to keep the roads in good condition falls on the business owner, he took it upon himself to fill the holes in the street and planted a banana tree right in the middle. If we have to maintain it and make sure nobody gets hurt, we are going to put something obvious there to make sure no one gets in the hole. Well, that, that won't says. stop people, especially in Florida. So, well, I, I mean, I do have to question the local authorities. It's That doesn't seem right. Yeah, that it's the business's responsibility. I mean... That would suggest that if there's a pothole on the street out in front of this theater, it's your responsibility as the ED of this theater mm-hmm. to fill it. They wouldn't want me filling a pothole. Well, it, it, it right. clearly, can't, clearly can't be a public road. Maybe it's the, is he calling a put, like a little private driveway into it or something? I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like out in front of this theater, I mean, the, the little half circle, half moon drive. Yeah. If that had yeah, a pothole, that, you would feel like, okay, would we do have to fill that. Yeah. But it, I would, I mean, it just, it doesn't specify, but yeah, I mean, if it's like a, think of like a service road is what I'm sort of thinking of. And, but I could think of a lot better things than a banana tree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do a couple of bags of quick creep cost or less, that red less sand? Less than a banana tree. Less than a banana tree. Yeah. I mean, or like the red sand you put in the yard to fill yeah. holes. That's yeah. like five bucks a bag. Yeah. Yeah. I would just buy the sand and then build the the city for it. It's very interesting that, yeah, he he went with a banana tree because it seems like eventually it would make things worse if the tree got too big. Well, right. right. And I mean, is the banana tree really going to hold a car up? Especially since it sounds like from, if I read the article, literally, it swallowed entire cars. Would that be a public health hazard? There's a picture of it. It doesn't seem like it's of car swallowing size so um yeah i mean i'm imagining like la brea tv show sinkhole size yeah no it's swallowing an entire car well yeah if, if planting a banana tree would fix it then it clearly couldn't swallow a I car because he's not like planting a full-size banana tree yeah. it's just like a twig right. with a couple leaves on it. That's, that's yeah it's it not is. a full-grown tree you're no, putting in there no no he didn't he didn't go down to i mean if you called me from your cell phone and said hey there's a giant hole in front of the theater. My truck is stuck in it. I've been swallowed by this hole. I, after I stopped laughing, I would say, okay, there's that big a sinkhole. I wouldn't call it a pothole. Yeah, no. Like, oh my God, this is like, you know, CNN worthy sinkhole in front of the theater. I think I need to call the city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of the million cops and fire department that are next door. I say cops as well because they're always here. It's like, yeah. didn't you see a giant black truck roll into a giant hole <laughs> out front? Didn't you get the driver out? Yeah, that's true. With a fire department next door, I should be calling them, not you. But yeah. Well, they'd be coming over to say, yeah, the sinkhole's in front of a hydrant. You got to move it. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, next story. Uh <laughs> Florida man tried robbing Waffle House with finger guns. (laughs) Florida man was put in jail in Madison County after he decided to improvise an alleged robbery. (laughs) Sheriff David Harper said witnesses told deputies that 
Edward William Rodriguez entered the Waffle House with a small dog, pointed his hands into finger guns, and yelled, get on the ground. Y'all are getting robbed. <laughs> Rodriguez said he was high and drunk before grabbing some napkins and leaving the store. <laughs> he boosted some napkins. Yeah. Deputies found the would-be armed robber at his home where he admitted to robbing the restaurant of its napkins oh my. to the sheriff's office. <laughs> <laughs> you have to at least get some raspberry preserves off the table or something. A like, salt shaker. Is it really robbery if he's taking things that are free? I mean, is that like the free squeegee commercial? Maybe. I don't know. You know, no free squeegee without gas. I like <laughs> that he had a small dog with him. Yeah, I mean, that's a great detail there. So while the dog is pissing on the counter, <laughs> on the bottom of it, obviously, because you can't, there's no way in this story that the dog is like a giant. Irish wolfhound. No, this no. has got to be some little eight pound. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah, real, you know, small dog. Yeah, it probably shakes a lot. Just yeah, naturally. Yeah, yeah, it's probably like sixteen years old. Yeah. Has glaucoma. One eye's gone. Yeah, you know, much. and the dog is like rawr, 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 making these weird noises. I don't know why I'm making them too, but it's one of the fun things. His mugshot. He's wearing a bright yellow SpongeBob T-shirt. It's great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's the best of the bunch right there finger guns i'm thinking of dirty harry movies when he's like hit the deck you son of a bitch with his finger guns. are you feeling lucky yeah that's right are i mean you? if you walked in with a finger gun into this office right now with a dog at his side and said do you feel lucky punk i i would say you know i respect the game here yeah i'm gonna I, hate, I hate the player like the employees at the Waffle House, like staring at, uh, at each other, like this dude doing. I mean, well, and to your point about, you know, why not go a little higher end? If you're going to go to that elaborate of a scheme, I mean, at least go rob an OG, rob an Olive Garden, rob you a know, Longhorn Steakhouse. If your only weapon is finger guns, though, I think Waffle House might be the appropriate restaurant for you. Maybe a Whataburger. <laughs> Maybe a Whataburger. Yeah, or Jack in the Box or something Taco, like that. Taco Bell. Yeah. Or Del Taco. I don't know, I don't know uh, what they have in Florida. I walked into a Taco John's and robbed it with my finger guns <laughs> and my dog. I took all their hot sauce. <laughs> oh, my ah. gosh. I got all a right. free broken taco shell out of it. All right. Here's my personal favorite. Uh, and this is our last, last uh, Florida man story of the day. Again, this all happened in 2021. Uh, a big thanks to uh, www.wfla.com uh, for these wonderful stories today. News Channel 8, they're on your side. Yeah, they, they definitely are on our side because I'm loving this. But uh, Florida man wielding sword sets fire in roadway. Oh, no. Floods booking office after arrest, police say. <laughs> Authorities in Brevard County said they arrived to a fire in a Titusville road and found a man holding a sword and drinking alcohol in October. Police said the fire was set in front of Scott Taylor's home. And when they arrived, he was holding the sword and he had a knife in his waistband. He said he began chugging from a half gallon sized Captain Morgan spice rum bottle when they arrived. Wow. Going high end, are we? Taylor couldn't provide an answer as to why he started a fire in the road, police said. This guy was just having a really fun time. Oh, man. Was he ever? A half gallon of Captain Morgan and said, why not light fire to the road? And get get a sword out and put a knife in my waistband. 
And they don't see what kind of knife. It'd be like a butter knife. I, I mean, if, I would assume it like like crocodile Dundee size, but a know, big Bowie knife or something. It, it's it is hard to say. And this guy's booking image um, uh, is is stunning. I, I hate this is only an audio medium because I would love to show you a picture of this guy. Well, he looks like he has absolutely no idea what he is doing or why he is there or where he is at. So it's clearly not great. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I hope that his punishment for this crime was uh, basically having to drink a whole half gallon size of Captain Morgan's spiced rum, because that sounds, that, that sounds dreadful awful. by itself. Yeah. Awful. So I, as bad as things are here, uh, in uh, Shelby County with our COVID and stuff, at least it's not Florida. And that's the moral of the story. So, yeah, if we hear the story of, yeah, there's a, a man in Germantown who has a so- broadsword and a knife in his waistband with a bottle of Benchmark <laughs> out in the road, lighting things on fire. He's lit the road on fire and has planted a banana tree in the middle of the fire. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because the car got swallowed whole. And he's pointing finger guns at the police when they show up. <laughs> with a dog. With a dog. Yes. <laughs> While the hole says, feed me, Seymour. That's right. <laughs> oh, my and, goodness. Uh, he's also seen later waving an alligator around aimlessly. <laughs> yes, teaching it a lesson. air repellent. <laughs> yes, exactly. Into the air. While people across the road say, we can smell it. <laughs> he, he broke into the marshals across the uh, uh, street to grab some uh, discount candles. Oh my gosh. Or running back across. I just imagine what the ATC fitness across the road would, how they'd be reacting to all that. Uh, you know, you know, when our, our grass caught on fire last year, they just kind of stared at it. So yeah. I imagine it would just be similar. I say, yeah, it'd be a lot of staring. That's right. At the finger guns. Yeah. So do you think we may have a recurring feature? I no, think that's definitely okay. a recurring feature. Florida I mean, stories. I think Christina I could get behind that one too. I think so. So, I think so. So, speaking of getting behind, uh, how about some dad jokes? That's right. Uh, it's in the year, so these are according to Athlon Sports, the top ten. Da- Do you want ten or top five? How about five for today? Okay. We got to save some for the next time. Okay. We need to get her on later in the week. We do. Yeah, we'll make her. We'll do. So I'll do. Um, I'm gonna bookmark this site. I'm gonna do the ten, six through ten today. Okay. Yeah, save the top for her because I want to hear the reactions. All right. All right. Number ten. This graveyard looks overcrowded. People must be dying to get in there. Uh, that seems very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's out of the uh, the beginner's book, but that's yes. okay. Yeah, that's we okay. step it's, our it way. It was only number ten. Yeah, and this is Athlon Sports. What does a vo- zombie vegetarian eat? Grapes. Uh, wow, nice. <laughs> it's got a nice touch to it with the vocal effect there. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually one that I have used on the podcast before. I remember. Uh, to whoever stole my copy of Microsoft Office, I will find you. You have my word. Nice. All right. Nice. All right. Number seven. What sound does a witch's car make? 
broom, broom. <sighs> what do you want? A broom? <laughs> and number six. So the top, again, it's top five for Christina since she loves them so much. What's Forrest Gump's password? Something about chocolate, maybe. One Forrest one. <sighs> Gosh. That's, yeah. Hey, you can tell we're stepping up into the top five. <laughs> yeah. We definitely have to say that for her. But those are good. Yeah. Definitely dad, daddy there. Oh, yes. yes. Type jokes. So we can pull out of that. And, uh, it's been a long time since we've been able to do rants on a podcast. So <laughs> I know we, we have several things, many things to rant about, but we'll, we'll limit it to one. I'll let you go first. What would you like to rant about today? Oh, what would I, what would I not like to rant about? Yeah. There's lots to rant about. Um, I'm going to rant about, maybe I've ranted about this before. I think That's I have okay. to some extent. We can repeat rant. Um, the lack of creativity in advertising. Um, my word, it seems like ads get worse and worse and worse. Uh, I agree with that. On television. And maybe me getting older and having just, it feels like nothing is new anymore. But so just a couple things. Um, I don't understand what it is with insurance commercials but it seems like insurance commercials have come to the conclusion like we have to pick a theme or an actor and regardless if it's good or not, we're going to keep doing this for like forever. So, you know, you know, Geico's gecko, all of those commercials, I've never once been like, Oh, that was clever. Uh, you've got progressive with flow and her now team of people yet to really see a good one of those. You've got now Liberty Mutual with their Limu Emu. None of those are good. And welcome to the party, State Farm. But the new State Farm, Jake from State uh. Farm ads are all terrible. Mainly because the actor they've cast as Jake is not good. Yeah. Um, at least Flo, I kind of believe, is a character for Progressive. But Jake just never seems comfortable it feels it feels like he is uncomfortable reading his lines which to be fair his lines are generally terrible but he definitely doesn't commit to them so i I don't know why it's an insurance thing that they just hey this is we're going to do this from forever so and not that i i noticed i read an article somewhere like jake from state farm is like in the nba 2k game this year oh no like you can go to your hub and buy Jake from Steak Farm gear, which, why would anyone do that? I, I don't understand. Uh, the other, the one I really, really hate right now is this stupid Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> yes. With, uh, apparently they've bought all the ad time on all of the football games. It seems like anytime I watch a football game at all, um, this commercial comes on every commercial break. But it's it's the one where uh the there's like an asian girl and a guy and they're both dressed up to go to a comic-con or something they're both wearing identical outfits and it looks very cosplay yeah very very into the cosplay and so they like look at each other and smile it's like oh we're wearing the same outfits and then 
The girl starts walking over to the guy. I seem to talk to him about their convention or their cosplay, whatever. And she actually bangs the, oh. the, the garbage can with her shield. And she gets so embarrassed that she has to turn around and walk to a Taco Bell. And I guess the, the, the okay, so the commercial, if I didn't see it all the time, I wouldn't get to this point, but I've analyzed this commercial now. What it's is Taco Bell telling us? That like, if you are in what, uh, let me just say this, I am in definitely a nerd commercial, a nerd uh nerd uh, just nerd. a nerd yeah. i'm a nerd yes i'm a nerd i love anything fantasy you know witcher i've watched already game of thrones uh, i watch all of wheel of time on amazon love this stuff love it love it love it nerd culture that's what i was thinking yeah. i love marvel blah 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 so i am deeply embedded in in nerd uh culture love it but i don't know what they're trying to tell us um like if you are in nerd culture, nerd culture, and you accidentally embarrass yourself, you then don't have the ability to get over your shield accidentally banging a trash can to the point that you have to go into a Wendy's and eat your feelings away because that's that's basically what they're telling you. Like you're not worthy to actually go have a conversation with this other person. The only thing that you should be able to do is go into a Taco Bell and eat cheap food. I, it, that's, that's the moral of that commercial. And I would love to have anyone explain any other reason, reason that that commercial exists. That's what it's telling your consumer is if you look this way and like these things, the best you can hope for in life is to eat bad food in a restaurant by yourself. So you, so it's interesting you, that you went down that path with it. Cause so you're essentially, when you see that advertisement, you see it as like almost like a shaming thing. Mm-hmm. Cause when I see it, I think of it more of like a Pavlovian response. Like you hear the bell cause there was a, there was an ad they had before this where it was kids on a beach mm-hmm. and the girl and the guy go to presumably make out and do other things. And she hears a buoy slam into the sand and go bong. And it's the Taco Bell noise. Mm-hmm. And she just sort of stops and it's like, must go to Taco Bell and have some like a quesarito mm-hmm. or something. So I always, I saw those ads as both of them as like Pavlov's dog. Uh, like oh i hear the bell and must go to taco bell and have bad food so yeah, I, I, I mean you say it's that, interesting we picked up on two different responses to that ad. and maybe i mean to me the embarrassed look on her face when she hits the shield with her with the trash can makes it think that she's like completely embarrassed but i didn't get that at all well that's what saying it makes sense not that it makes a commercial that much better because then you're like, I would rather eat than have relationships with people. Right. But, uh, you know. But no, what you're saying, that that draws it to me like, oh, I never even thought of it the way he's thinking of it. And I can totally see that. So either way, it's like it's telling you must go to Taco Bell to drown your feelings in a bad burrito. Rather than having meaningful human relations. Right. Yeah. Or because... 
you heard this noise and you are classically conditioned to think it's like it would be the same as McDonald's saying when you hear Brian Cox's voice or any anything go but I must go to McDonald's now and have a quarter pounder or a Big Mac or a Egg McMuffin or something like that. That's how stupid they apparently think people have gotten, which I'm not going to say there's not. I mean, I, I am the, I will say there are people who I know in this world who will say, Hey, there are no dumb questions. Mm-hmm. I disagree. There are dumb questions. There, yeah. Yeah. There there's more some. dumb answers than there are dumb questions, but there are dumb questions. Yes. We just tell ourselves there's not dumb questions. And I've asked them. I've asked many dumb questions before. I'll even preface sometimes of saying there are dumb questions and this is a dumb question I'm about to ask you. There, just like there are lots of dumb ads and there's lots of dumb advertise. There's lots of advertisers who think we are stupid. There are lots of stupid people and there are lots of smart people who make dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. And I have gone to Taco Bell and it's a dumb decision. Oh, I love Taco Bell. Most oh, of the time I go I and I think it. afterwards, like, why did I get that? Because before I went, I thought, wow, that sounds really tasty. You want to know the worst decision I ever made at Taco Bell? What? <laughs> of the many? <coughs> I, uh, it was, it was, I was driving home late from work here, back in my old house, because I drove right by Taco Bell. Yes. I don't drive by Taco Bell anymore on the way home since I moved, which is probably better for my health. Right. But Definitely uh, better for your wallet, at least. Well, it's so cheap, you know. Yeah, well, it's you get a combo for five, six bucks yeah, instead man. of ten dollars. So, I got I hadn't eaten all day. You know, my typical schedule is I don't eat breakfast or lunch, and so since I was here at nine o'clock, I hadn't eaten at all. So yeah. I was hungry. I made the mistake of getting four bean burritos. Oh, four, four, <laughs> four bean. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh wow! When I got home. At 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. And the next morning was Ooh. not pretty for anyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> that just totally that totally made up for the Oprah five. I'm take your shot from four <laughs> bean burritos in one sitting. Oh my yep. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't think you had it in you, Everson. Oh, That's, it didn't have it in me. So good. It didn't have me in the very long. It was gone. <laughs> well, four bean burritos. Oh, that almost takes the steam out of wanting to rant, but I'm such a, I'm such an asshole. I love to rant anyway. So, <laughs> well, four bean burritos. I mean, they're only a dollar, right? Uh, Are they still ninety nine eight, cents? cents? I think eighty nine. Well, well, maybe that. Maybe oh, yeah, okay. Well, I, I, I take it back. Oh, oh, I know. Oh they my gosh! Are, so the bean and ri- cheesy bean burrito, ch- cheesy bean and rice burritos on the ninety-nine cents, but I don't get that one. You just get the straight bean burrito. I, just, I like this straight bean burrito. Which is the a, ten it's cents. a dollar. It's a dollar nine. Oh, okay. The bean burrito. So, so the straight one is more expensive than yeah. one with cheese and rice. Weirdly enough, yeah. Okay, yeah that that. I guess the beans cost more than the cheese dip and the rice. I guess, or they, you know, there's more filler in the cheese and bean or cheese and rice burrito. Well, I know there's like the, the cheese and rice burrito has like, you know, like a hundred more calories than the bean burrito because it's got, you know, the carbs and the. I mean, I'll say it's, you know, Taco Bell. I've, I've never been like 
someone who hates Taco Bell, but I've also never been somebody that's like, oh, there's a Taco Bell. I want to stop. Um, I have been dealing with some different health issues this year that I had not had. Um, and part of one of those health issues was having me sort of watch my sodium intake that I've never had to watch before. And so I actually found that as a meal, you know, because of course I'm going for volume. Like I want to eat something that's not going to set me off, set my body off and actually is going to fill me up. Mm -hmm. And one of the options actually that I found is if I were to go to Taco Bell and get the three taco combo, just three straight tacos, the three taco combo with like a water or an unsweetened iced tea, um, then I could get those three tacos and have less sodium intake than if I went and got like one sandwich. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've spent more time at Taco Bell this year than I have ever spent at Taco Bell. That still doesn't mean I've gone there every day, but I would have never thought to eat four bean burritos. I mean, weirdly enough, if you kind of poke around on their menu, it's one of the healthier it is food choices, which yeah. seems weird to say, but I mean, I did, I, I did go to a Taco Bell near where I work sometimes in Kansas city area and find that. Oh yes. Thank you. I found that, uh, or I had an experience where the guy at the window who is less than, we'll say less than, uh, amiable with customers. Uh, got a taco thrown at him by a fellow staff member. So that made my day. That was like in the last couple months. But also I've gone to that Taco Bell and they've uh, like they've put the tacos in the bag upside down. So when I go to get the tacos out, that's definitely rant worthy because when I go to get them out, of course, all the toppings fall out, want to fall out of the taco. And then I open the taco up, and even when they're right side up, the shell is half crushed. So I'm really having like a mini taco salad in there. Anyway, that's not what my rant's about. So I'll say I have many rantable topics. And Brian knows me better than most, but anyone knows so which, me knows which, that, which rantable topic are you going to well, go Well, yeah, anybody who knows me knows I can rant about anything. But I'll say not, not as well as Carson, but uh, yeah. I mean, Carson, he, yeah, that boy, you know, he developed his foundation of rant skills for me and he has taken it to another level. But I feel we should have a special podcast where Carson just rants on all the fast food places. That is true. And he can rant because he goes to uh, TCU in Fort Worth. He can rant about places we don't even really have here. Mm-hmm. So and will rant about them. So I, I will try to get him here. We'll try to do another pod this week with Christina, either remotely or here, and we'll get Carson in here. So we'll do it. We'll have to do it late in the day because he's yeah, probably yeah. just now getting out of bed. Um, well, it's it's a tough when you stay on your PlayStation till four in the morning. You know, yeah, college freshman. So he's he's got a lot to worry about. So what I will choose to rant on because even as you're going through yours, I was thinking of others. So I will say I will rant also on commercials. So call it a dual rant, but I'll start with ranting on not just the Taco Bell ads, but uh, as I shared with Brian yesterday, but the or earlier this week. So I was, 
you know, sometimes because I split my time right now between Memphis area, Germantown area and Kansas city area. And when I'm in Kansas city, it's just me. I have an apartment there. And so I end up watching a lot of like on demand shows. I catch up on other shows. So in the on demand market, uh, I have found that, you know, they will recycle ads and show ads over and over and over. And even in early October, Walmart was running this stupid godforsaken Christmas ad <laughs> where people were, it was not only people going to a Christmas party and yelling karaoke to each other and buying the same crap that nobody needs or wants like boas and crap like that. But you also had in the backdrop, not only one of my least favorite songs ever, which is, uh, I got you, babe, but it's Janis Joplin's version of it. And I detest Janis <laughs> Joplin's voice. I don't know why she was ever big. It's the same as Dylan. Look, I understand Bob Dylan's an icon. Janis Joplin's an icon. The Rolling Stones are an icon. I don't dig any of their music. Call me, you know, a, a pagan, an, a jerk, whatever. I don't dig any of their music, but especially Janis Joplin. Because her voice, I don't know what was ever appealing about her scratchy. I just smoked a carton of menthols <laughs> and, you know, did other things. I'll leave it at that voice. Why? And why they chose to have that. And in the commercial, these karaoke yellers are yelling this song at each other. I've never been to a Christmas party, New Year's Eve party, any party. And I want to say I'm not the wildest party or going back to any days in my life, but I have been to some parties. I've never been to a karaoke party where they're doing that. And that ad was so annoying to me that along with, they had an ad that they were playing on loop for about a month where I'll just say, you know, this podcast is not R rated, but I feel like I can say this is PG 13. It was mm -hmm. a pussy ad as I called it. There's a woman who's selling a drug and talking about, Oh, I use this when I want to get busy. Basically. I don't remember what the drugs called. I should, because I saw it a million times, but she's talking about, you know, it, it's basically some pussy drug. Ah. And I was like, okay, the first time I saw it, I was like, well, that's clever. And the 150,000th time I saw it, it was like, oh my God, I've sit through 45 to 60 seconds of the pussy ad again. Yeah. Oh, God. So that, that rant takes me into the, basically for me, the only reason my household maintains a live television account is because I want to be able to watch live sporting events. Yep. Yeah. And I will say live, live professional and college sports, you have jumped the shark. You are way, way, way overboard on advertisements. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm done watching because of all the ads because you've, I'm hooked. I'm a sports nut. I have been since I was probably 13, 14 years old. I'm not going to stop watching, but if there was a way, if, if you could say you could pay $50 a month extra 
to get sports without commercials, I would pay it gladly. Yeah, absolutely. Because I am so effing tired of turning on an NFL or a college football game, especially, but also NBA games, NCAA basketball games, baseball games, any of them that not only have built-in break times, but they take a break any chance they get. Oh, dude went down with a sprained butt hair. We'll take a break. Five, ten minutes later, we're back, and they're limping him off the field. And, you know, I, I you don't really appreciate it unless you also occasionally go to a live game. So went to a live college football game at the university of my son, my older son, like I said, Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, TCU, love the school. And, of course, as a parent, I'm watching TCU football games more than I ever would. Went to Parents Weekend in September. Went to a live football game. And then also went to a University of Memphis football game, I don't know, a month or two later because I'm an alum, went to a game. Didn't really understand why the breaks were so long. And went to the games and saw there's some clown on both sidelines whose job apparently is to hold up a clock counter like a soccer game when they're subbing someone in and out. So much to Brian's chagrin, whenever they see 19 is in green for Dortmund, he's coming in and they're taking out anybody for Brandt. It's somebody is holding up this sandwich board with a three and a half minute counter on it at a college football game. And I'm like, Oh, so that's why we're waiting this long. And that's why with NBA games, you have jumped the shark a long time ago. You have full timeouts and you have 20 second timeouts. Full timeouts are supposed to be a minute. 20 second timeouts would be how long would you think they're going to be? 20 seconds, right? 20 seconds, yeah. Or you hit you hear on an NFL game. The referee even says timeout taken. Detroit Lions. This is a 30-second timeout. Count it. It's never 30 seconds. It's like two minutes, three minutes long because they want more ad revenue. Mm -hmm. They want to pay the bills. No. And when somebody goes down with a limp, it doesn't mean you have to step away for a break or even take these stupid little, okay, we'll be back in 30 seconds, and you see split screen. And I'll say, I compared the product, and this rant is almost over, I promise. You have WWE wrestling, uh-huh. and you have AEW wrestling. Yeah, I can't stand WWE because it's the same four guys fighting for the same title, same four women fighting for the same title, well, same two women usually. AEW yeah. actually tries to make the product fresh. Yeah. I, f- I fear they're getting to where they're going to have to sign, they're signing too many people and they're yeah. going to have too big a product, but for now, they're still good. However, they still do that annoying, you know, oh, we've got picture in picture so you can watch the match. No, because you still have the ad turned up. Yeah. So I don't want to watch the match when it's picture in picture with an ad halfway there. So, yeah, I used to laugh at my granddad when I was a kid because he would mute the commercials. I, I've turned into him a long mm-hmm. time ago. It's not even at the age I'm at now, which is 47. I was at that age of 27. Yeah. 
mute because I don't want to hear that crap. Yep. It's like, God, come on. How much money do you need? Stop the ads. Have ads, but don't NFL game. Perfect example. Don't be a minute and a half left in the quarter. We'll step away. Break. Five minutes later, we're back. Okay. Well, now we're back for third down. Oh, he runs into the line. No first down. Now we punt. Now there's 30 seconds left in the quarter. Mm-hmm. We'll be back after this break. Five minutes later, we come back. What do you think is going to happen? One play gets run, and now it's the end of the quarter. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Fox is probably the worst. Oh, they're that. horrible. Um, it, it used to be way back when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, back in the days. So you had a 11 o'clock game. It was your first game window here in the Central Standard Time. Uh, and then you had 2.30 game. And you didn't have to worry about if you, were, if you had a 2.30 game about not seeing the beginning of it because you knew that early game was going to be over. That is not the case anymore. I mean, those 11 o'clock games are easily getting into 2.45, 3 o'clock at times because of all the ad breaks and stuff. So it, is, it has become ridiculous, the amount of ads and how they're stretching these games. And if any of the fi- uh, semifinals and finals – if any of those games are on the air less than four hours, yeah. I, you know, give, give me odds on that, uh, please, because <laughs> I will take the over four hours on every single semifinal and final game. Yeah. There's no way those games are going to take less than that amount of time. Well, especially when, you know, yeah. And, and we know how it all plays out too. you know, the first half goes quicker than the second half. Mm-hmm. We get why, because generally, Games are decided by one score or less, uh, or one, you know, one score, you know, seven points or less in football, you know, in the NBA, it's like they consider anything that's like a clutch win. I think it's five points or less in the last minute and a half or two minutes or whatever it is. Um, so college semifinal game, let's say Michigan versus Georgia and it's 23 to 20. And no matter who has the ball, let's say Michigan's ahead and they have the ball and Georgia is using their timeouts, what's the network going to do? Step away every timeout. Yep. They're not going to say, well, Michigan's only calling this timeout or Georgia's only calling this timeout because they're trying to preserve the clock while Michigan tries to run it out. Occasionally, the networks will say on that middle timeout, well, we're not going to step away this time. But usually in a game like that, that's they know everybody's watching. They're going to step away every Absolutely. time. You're going to see the stupid Taco Bell commercial every single break. Yep. And hear that stupid song. Yeah. I wonder, like, whoever they license that music from, I wonder if they're <laughs> pleased with that decision that they license the music from them for that. Could it be like Radiohead who hates the song Creep? Creep. I... Because they heard it so many times. Yeah. I, I would have to assume. Or bands like REM that, when they still played live, said we will never play Shiny Happy People uh-huh. because we're so sick of that song. Makes sense. Well, the, what Led Zeppelin would play Stairway to Heaven either, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's. Well, yeah, I just uh, I don't understand 
the need for so many ads. Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, so I, I never, it's all that ties back to so many things, but one example, a perfect example to me is I don't ever want to hear, especially like, and this is where <clears throat> football is bad. Basketball is worse. This is one of the, the things that I actually do love about professional hockey. One timeout per team for the game. One timeout. And they don't always use it. They only well, use it. Let's let's talk about the beautiful sport. Let's talk about Bundesliga. Yeah. No timeouts. You, you want to know why it's so amazing? Is it's over in two hours. You you know exactly. Unless it's a special game where there's a potential to go into extra time. Game starts at, you know, nine o'clock. It is going to be over by 11. Yes. End of story. No commercials. It's going to be straight played through. It's going to be beautiful. Yep. That's exactly. And that's, that's also why, I mean, hockey has more stoppages, but generally you're going to get through a game in under two and a half hours. The only reason the game would go more than two and a half hours is because you're, it's a playoff game and you're going to actual overtime. Whereas now, nowadays you don't have that. You have, excuse me, the five minutes of three on three and a shootout. It's going to end. Yep. And if it goes to a shootout, I actually want to watch that anyway. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And I've been to actual, I've been in the crowd and I've been on TV watching NHL games that go to a shootout. They don't step away. Every time they step mm-hmm. away between regulation and overtime, but when they go to a shootout, the five minutes are done. Goalies, go stand in your goal. Here we go, bang! And because and, and so, every sport has its own problems with time, except maybe soccer. The only time you ever have a problem with soccer is, um, or football, as the rest of the world will call it, is like. And it's like minute little things. It might be, wow, they added seven minutes onto yeah, the end of the but second you're not half? leaving the game. Seven minutes. Yeah, then, it's like we would have thought there's no more than four. Like the worst, the worst part about soccer is when they go to VAR, yeah. in my opinion, mainly because it seems like it never goes for our team's way. But, you know. Well, the, but, but well, still, that's they don't where, leave. They don't leave the game to go show you Taco Bell commercials. Right. You know, well, and that's where football has gotten bad. Because you know, whenever there's a review, they're going to take a commercial. Yeah, absolutely. And when you get back, it's not like we're done with the review. It's okay. He's still looking at it. So that, that of course would bring me to another rant, which I'm not going to go into, but it would be, how long do you really need to look? Yes. Save it for Christina. Yeah. So that Uh, rant as usual went way longer than I intended, but breaking news from Broadway. Uh Oh, Hugh Jackman has tested positive for COVID-19. I thought you were going to say the revival of a music band. Uh, I was supposed to go to, me and my wife were supposed to go to uh, New York City the 7th of January, which we have canceled our plans because of Omicron. Were you going to see him sing Shapoopy? No. We, we, I looked at <laughs> the prices. The, the thing was, like any, t- any ticket in that auditorium like minimum twelve hundred dollars. What? It's insanity to see the music at man. the Winter Garden, which I don't know if you're familiar with. I'm not the Winter but... Garden Theater. It's one of the biggest Broadway houses there is. 
it's huge. So the, the nosebleed like was twelve hundred plus house. I mean, most Broadway houses are between four and five hundred, but it's it is one of the biggest Broadway houses, and every seating in that place is like over a thousand dollars. It's insanity. So I can only imagine your frustration if you had spent thousands of dollars to see Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster on Broadway. You brought uh, front row seats to see it. Uh, on uh, December 31st, and he is out at least until January 2nd. They've canceled all the performances. Yeah, I would. I mean, assume they'll give refunds. But still, <laughs> it's not like you can go buy tickets again because it's sold out. Well, but does that mean? So I assume then that means his understudy will play him. No, they've just canceled the show. Oh, okay. When when you do a show with when you build a show with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. They're not going to understand. I was going to say, like when you went and saw Network with Brian Cranston, there's no understudy for Brian Cranston. So if they, but if they had wheeled out an understudy, how pissed would you be? Would you, you would be want, more pissed at that, or would you be more pissed they canceled the show? You, I would be more, I'd be more pissed if they pulled out someone that wasn't Brian Cranston. Right. I it's like, oh, this is Roger Smith. He's really good. I'm sure he would be excellent. <laughs> You're like, but I came to see Brian Cranston, yeah. not Roger. So Adina Mazzell uh, was in a show a few years ago, probably six years ago now, maybe, but a show called If Then on Broadway. And I uh, had a friend, uh, Daniel Mueller, who is, was in local theater and then went and worked on Broadway. And he was working at the show next door, Lay Miz, maybe at the time, where uh, they had jokingly called it If She's In. Uh, that's where basically uh, if if there was a time when she was unable to perform for various obligations she might have because she's you know Adina Menzel um, that the theater would offer fruit, full refunds to the patrons which again if you if you tie your show and market your show based off a of person instead of the show itself you gotta kind of do it you yeah. know I mean you can't do the music man with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster and then be like, oh, well, they're not here today. Here's two blah, 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 blahs. And you've paid $1,000 a ticket to right. see who nobody's as talented as they may. They honestly may be talent-wise more talented than two of them. But to some extent, you have paid for the experience of seeing those two people perform on stage. Because well, it's also, I mean, you're, I would imagine part of it is, you know, you're seeing them in that venue yeah it's like you're you're not going to see them at the orpheum here i mean no offense to the orpheum here but it's like you're not seeing the traveling production that just happened to have hugh jackman in it yeah you're going to see it on broadway it would be the same as if you saw it in the west end Mm -hmm. like those would be two of the places in the world it's like i didn't just come anywhere to see this yeah i came to broadway or the west end to see this you know i've and I came to see them on Broadway do this show. Mm-hmm. I didn't come to, you know, hear a talk back from somebody who probably is damn talented, like you're saying. Yeah. Is damn good at what they do, you know, and probably one day will be the lead in one of their own shows, but they're not, you know, Hugh Jackman and Sutton yeah. Foster. You know, it's, it's Ben Platt 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. before all of his stardom. Like, I don't know him now. Well, that, I mean, here's the other thing. They announced this today and they canceled the shows today. <sighs> what if you had, like, 
we had plans myself. Like you're already in New York. If you had flown up uh, and gotten a hotel and you're there, and then they announced this today. Yeah, you get your <clears throat> ticket pre- ticket price back. You ain't getting your plane ticket back. You ain't getting your hotel back. This right. is a reason for your visit. Because most of the people, I would assume over half the people, if not 75 to 90% of the people that had tickets to see the music man tonight and tomorrow or in New Year's don't live in New York. Right. It wasn't just they were coming locally to see it. I mean, these were people that made special arrangements to come to the city to see this performance. Well, this is this is the same. This is an extremely similar dilemma that like uh, for in sports, not the NFL, because there's there's few game, even with the expanded 17 game schedule players play. But like when you talk about the NBA mm-hmm. and MLB and even the NHL to a, a lesser degree, but they run into the NBA has the biggest problem with it of yeah. resting players and saying, well, the team has decided because the Spurs were always known as the first team to say, we're going to rest players. Yeah. We don't care what you, or we don't care about the financial impact. We're trying to win a title. Yep. And it's like, okay, if you're a sports purist, you, you say, yeah, I agree. Especially if you're a Spurs fan and you live in San Antonio. Um, but it'd be the same as, you know, with Memphis. I mean, the Grizzlies have a bona fide star in John Morant mm-hmm. now. And while he may not be there yet, he's going to get to the point, especially when he plays games like last night, when he had the game winning shot, the big game. That's a tough shot, too. <clears throat> yeah, it's an Beautiful. amazing shot. Carson and I watched it and just still jaw drop. Like we have this guy. Not to mention, we have people who are on, sitting on sideline seats in Memphis telling him he should have sat longer. That's another big rant. But <laughs> we have a guy who, within another three or four years, you're going to see kids in other cities wearing his jersey. Yeah. Absolutely. Who, when he comes to Oklahoma City or Dallas or Miami or somewhere, especially where they can only see him once a year, this is what Memphis used to go through. I was a season ticket holder with the Grizzlies for seven, eight years. We used to run into this with the Lakers, and Kobe Bryant was still on the team. Carson has always been a Grizzlies fan since we had the team, since he was basically since he was born. Uh, but he's always loved Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. So the first time we got a chance, Kobe was was hurt, and so he said, "I don't want to go," because um, Kobe wasn't playing. So the next year, Kobe was playing. And he said, I have to go. But we had the dilemma as season ticket holders of saying, and I know this is this is kind of diverging a little bit, but I, I could have sold season ticket seats for a Lakers game vastly more on the resale market. Mm-hmm. And I did on a couple of instances. But, you know, so it's like we had a couple of instances where nobody like as big as Kobe, but we would go to a game and say, oh, well, at least we'll get to see this guy play. And then they'd say two hours before tip-off, well, he's not playing coach's decision. He's, you know, manage, managing his minutes. And it would be, well, that sucks. Thanks. But being a season ticket holder, I'm like, well, we'll see him next year. There's lots of kids who probably showed up and their parents bought tickets they could only afford for one game. Like you're saying, Oh, 
Hugh Jackman's not playing tonight, but mm-hmm. we have this really talented understudy. It's like, no, that's not what I paid for. Mm-mm. And I didn't drive from Nashville to see this guy. Yep. You know, we didn't book a hotel room to see this guy. We booked it to see Hugh Jackman. So. <clears throat> yep. So, yeah, I hear you. All right. So that rant turned into a podcast in and of itself. Yeah. We can split that up into a two-parter. Yeah, pretty much. A rant podcast for that so, last second. Yeah. We'll try to do another pod later this week with uh, the uh, Christina to kind of reel us back in with some of this. That's right. Uh, and also to add the curmudgeonly Carson, who's 18 mm-hmm. going on 78. That's right. So I think we should get Carson to rank his favorite fast food joints. He would I think definitely we should do, do a top that. five and a bottom five. Would you want to say fast food or just restaurants? Restaurants. General? Yeah. Top five restaurants. Carson's <clears throat> top five restaurants. And I might be more interested in Carson's bottom five restaurants. Yeah. I mean, his, he would be, it would be easier to hear him say his bottom five than his top five. What would you top, top three and then bottom five? He'd go for that. Yeah. I like it. And I would tell him it has to be a restaurant that's like a chain, like, well, something that people here would know, because in his top three, Huey's is going to be in there. Yeah. He's uh, a Huey's nut. It's good. Like <clears> so this. if any of the 50 of you are from Huey's. Yeah. Huey's cheese fries, man. That's, that's hard to beat. I mean, I'm not as big a fan of the cheese fries. I definitely will eat them. I'm just not a big steak fry with cheese on them. Person. Uh, yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> but I, that's not to say they're bad. They're just kind of an A. Whereas a few others are A pluses. So, but Carson would be able to opine on that for hours. <laughs> I mean, we could do a lecture series on that. So, anyway, so we will end this now and we'll be back. And, you know, when we post these, maybe about the same time, but we recorded these on, you know, a couple of days apart. So, I uh, hope you enjoyed it and we will talk to you soon. See you.